0: Hi everybody, Steve Holiday here and welcome back to my podcast, Our Leadership Voices Uncut. As you know, this podcast is exploring and celebrating ordinary, everyday, uncut leadership voices. Uh, that of people I've met along the way, including my own uncut voice, and I'm also exploring my own presence and impact. Uh, talking of presence and impact, um, I'm in a, one of my favourite, if not my favourite, locations um, today for this podcast on my own. I've finished my three rounds of podcasting with my latest co-host, <coughs> my daughter, Sasha Holliday, and I'm at the riverbank uh, on the River Nen, or the Nien, some people sometimes um, call it. This is a place I've been coming here to swim outdoors, open water, throughout the year for uh, about 12 years now. I'm sat on a bench right by the riverside. I can see the lock um, um, just ahead of me and then upstream of me is the swim that I will do later. And it's peaceful here on this um, slightly gray, but, but also bright Sunday morning. Um, the birds are around, magpies. I saw a heron on the bank earlier, a few fish popping out of the water, but there's just me and uh, the wildlife as I commence this, um, this latest podcast. Um, we come here quite a lot to swim, we kayak here, and actually my wife and I've done quite a bit of walking along the Neen Way. Uh, we were here a couple of weeks ago to do a bit of walking and um, passing through, there's a very uh, good uh, pub and cafe right on the bankside here as well, so we get fed before or after. I'm sitting here with my cup of tea and uh, just enjoying the silence and the peace and I thought this might be a nice place to come and record this latest podcast. So let's dive in. I've had um, three rounds with my daughter Sasha. Sasha Holiday, as you know, she's uh, just qualified as a professional dancer and she is collaborating with me around a project called Move, Connect, Grow, which is really to pay much more attention to our movement and our breath. As well as our voice, when we're looking at our presence, both individuals and teams and organisations. And um, I, I'm going to firstly reflect a little bit, just a little bit, on my time with Sasha. And I guess the first thing to say is, um, in, in this session, how how do we know each other? Well, um, father and daughter. Who would have known that when um, Sasha was born on the 5th of November, 1999, bonfire night, that some 21 years later her and I would be collaborating with institutions and organizations and um, podcasting together so I just want to acknowledge the, um, her, that proud moment and just how great it was and is to be uh, collaborating and to tell a bit of the story of her journey as well so far and what sense she makes of it and her own presence and how that's developing. We went on in our second podcast to talk about what matters between us and um, centering on this idea of helping to grow people's presence. My long-held commitment and interest in how we use our power with each other and how that manifests itself individually and collectively in groups and communities and institutions. Sasha and I are both really um, passionate about that, committed to that and But one interesting thing for me is that I've always understood from my time working with Patsy Rodenberg who who wrote the book Presence and who is a Shakespeare expert and global voice coach. Patsy always said it was body, breath and voice. Connection between mind and body. And what's interesting for me is as I explore enhancing the paying attention to that with Sasha, um, there are some areas of my life where paying attention to the body and the breath is becoming quite important and quite helpful I we'll go on to talk about them later so you know it's been much more difficult in the pandemic uh, working digitally working distance from my clients to pay attention to, to body and breath we have to make make um, call more attention to it when we work virtually of course when we're in a room face to face we can see and sense it much more consciously and unconsciously um but as i say what's most interesting is that this work is coming at a time where it's uh, valuable for clients and teams but it's also valuable for me in navigating a couple of areas of my life um so it's just really interesting how the more we focus on it the more we use it um and then lastly just to say um sasha and i explored our voices our last podcast we, we we explored our voices and the thing that I was most taken with in that slot was how she became aware of this inner critic of hers that was saying her voice didn't have authority because she's worried about the tone and the pitch and it's sounding like a much younger person than she is. And yet hearing her own voice, she was able to hear and feel that she does have authority in her voice and that was quite a surprise to her and her uh, Reassurance. So I think there's a learning for all of us there in the sense of um, our, inner critic, our inner critic voice and what happens when we listen to our inner critic, what happens in our body and our breath and our voice when we listen to our inner critic and then actually to listen to the real voice we have, the most authentic voice that actually um, she has authority and she knows what she sounded like, she knew what she was talking about The other big thing that I noticed is something I mentioned in the session with Sasha was just this, I'm I'm increasingly interested in this flow between me and others um, when we get into what the improvisers call the yes and flow, this offering of an idea, it being listened to, taken up and then built on by the other person and then offered back to which then I build on it and take it and then build on it and together somehow we co-create something. And for that to be heard in the breath and felt in the body as much as it's um, heard in the words. And I really felt the yes ending, particularly um, in the second podcast, actually, when we Sasha was in more flow, maybe I was too. Um, so that's something to really continue to pay attention to. And then I think, lastly, what I noticed is Sasha being a slightly less extrovert character, being a mix um, uh, of introvert, extrovert really, making a call for um, simpler language, you know, why why go the long way around I think she said, say what you need to say and I notice how already that's, um, she's helping me when I'm with her and working with her to to be much more straightforward and to be as crystal and clear as I can be so even though she's making a call to a more general uh, population um, it's had an impact on me which is great fantastic spending three uh, podcasts uh, with my daughter Um, later in the series I will do one with my son Liam, which I'm sure will be equally as special and different and, and we'll look forward to that Just gonna pause and take a little um, sip of my cup of tea. I can see a swimmer coming down the river in the distance, nice and gently. Enjoying the uh, the quiet and the peace. A few birds I can hear around. And maybe now's a good time just to move briefly to um, my presence and impact so just to reflect on since I last did a a podcast on my own what have I noticed the most so I think there's one uh, element I want to focus on a little bit with clients without naming names there have been four different um, women in leadership positions in clients and that I'm sparring with that I'm working with who have been have had quite the profound Um, effect on me working with them they uh, they've been just, I've been marvelling at their thinking, their capacity for critical reflection, their balance of thinking about what might be needed but also thinking about what they need to bring Um, bringing a beautiful balance of what, what John Heron calls push and pull being able to use their power to tell people what they know and where they want to go at the same time as being really good at listening and then paying attention to their own behaviour and adjusting and experimenting along the way. It's not that that hasn't been happening with uh, some men in, in the clients I work with, but I just i am curious about me noticing that these four um, ladies in leadership positions in various institutions have had quite... The prominent impact. I think next, just to say, um, a few weeks ago in my last podcast, I think I mentioned the call for my challenger voice and the need. I had a sense that there was, in one particular client uh, engagement, there was some tension, some difficulty, and some... um, demand for requirement for my challenger voice to come. And it was quite a disturbing period actually. I found it um, engaging and enlightening but it was also quite disturbing Um, this experience of having even my own status diminished and lowered and maybe unintentionally but I felt the coercion towards feeling lower status. And um, you know, I didn't lose my status, but I think we have to pay attention to those moments. And but what's interesting is that the disturbance and leaning into it has brought, in the gestalt, very gestalt psychology way of leaning into the discomfort has brought um, much deeper thought about the rhythm of the work, what what is needed here, and actually the design that has unfolded on the back of it, the the reiteration of the design, is actually better than it was before. So. I think there's something really interesting there in that idea of, you know, we hold maybe hold interruption and disturbance as being bad and it may well be difficult to work through sometimes, but actually it can also enhance. And finally, um, a a slightly different um, presence I'm bringing, I've noticed, which is in our own organisation, Certa, we are exploring... Our possibilities we've just had our recent uh, annual strategy get together it was the first time I was able to see my um, dear business partners and friends Karen and Bruno together face to face and uh, for over a year and uh, it was just fantastic and we I noticed my voice emerging calling for what we, what we want to, the impact we want to have, the difference we want to make and a very high spirit and soulful voice of intention. This is linked quite a bit to my work um, with my coach Rowan where I've been developing the author uh, in, in my voice and it's really at the heart of this podcast as you know. So that is showing up in the, in the, um, internal discussions between us as partners uh, which is just fantastic I'm thoroughly enjoying where that's going to go. One final part of the practice just to mention which isn't client-based it's home-based is I don't think we've made any secret of the fact that uh, Tanya my wife and I've had a uh, an up and down journey over the last five years since we lost my mother-in-law suddenly in two thousand in December 2016 and my wife's Tanya's resulting depression, and she continues to do an amazing job of navigating all of that and working with her illness and devising strategies and little techniques to help her in moments where she feels um, not herself and There has been over the summer a quite a difficult period of disturbance in her um, and the realisation that when when our daughter graduates with a first class honours degree that mum's um, not around. Um, when she gets signed by a dance agency she can't see it because she's no longer with us. Um, my 50th birthday and she was the only one obviously not there from all of the family in what was the first gathering for 18 months. So you, you notice these moments where this person isn't around and it calls up... <coughs> um, uh, the anxiety and the upset. And it's been a very disturbing time for her and it's also therefore been a very disturbing time for me and I've been working a bit alongside uh, my coach Rowan that made to move. Although I didn't hire him for that, of course, my voice and my presence at home is just as important as my voice and my presence with my clients. And I, I've i been able to name... Um, that I found this period really quite difficult to stick to. Um, As skilled as I am, as experienced as I am, as as the amount of support and networks I have and uh, access to a coach, I found the whole process of how to best support somebody who's going through a difficult period during their depression, um, on and off, um, who you love and care for, what is the best approach. And um, noticing that some of the talking And talking therapy, in essence, chatting and talking, it wasn't really working. And that actually, um, noticing that, which is the link really to the work with Sasha, that actually silence and walking and breathing and moving helped more than speaking. So I found it quite interesting that moving movement and breath might actually be more helpful for... Tanya and I as we continue to navigate that and we've agreed um, having had a couple of days away to think about it that we want to build our skills further now we've spent four or five years learning how to um, navigate these moments um, but we realized we need to build some more muscles so um, we have a plan of how we're going to do that and I'll share more of that in the future but I'm, I'm now feeling much more resourced about um, what we will do and and how we will do it, Um, but it's been a difficult period for sure. A few swimmers coming down, enjoying the silence. A bit of butterfly stroke i think going on there quite a bit of splashing just enjoying the silence so let me switch a couple more things to do um first thing to do is to just explore my voice a bit more what have i noticed um in my voice that's a big part of the experiment here with the podcast is to notice my voice so um this period has coincided with my last of four sessions with my coach Rowan uh, Rowan Gray and he's been helping me as you know walk the next valley of my life um and we come to a very, I came with, with an audio back to Rowan um, just last week, having spent some time here with him, actually, walking around the river with him, to say that I felt that in the last year, my, uh, my sense of the road I'm walking now, the next valley, I could only see 10% of the road and that 90% was unseen. You know, that um, poem I've made reference to, David White, Santiago, The road seen, the road not seen, the road seen, the road not seen. We always have a part of the road that we cannot see. But I have a sense now that I have a much clearer sense of what the road ahead is. I can't see all of it, but it feels much more 50-50 now, not 90-10. There's been a huge shift in my voice as I more fully uplift my own voice alongside those other voices I uplift, that I am enough and that I am the author here doing real work with real people, that vision of mine, that meteor. And some feedback from Rowan that his sense of my, which I completely acknowledge is my capacity to lean in to the disturbances and work with them and to see that as a real Skill to honour and that leads to my next edge a question which has emerged really from the client work but also from those disturbances uh, as Tanya and I have worked through some, uh, some of that material I talked about earlier this question of where is my voice in moments of disturbance I explored with Rowan that You know, my long held learned behavior from when I was the eldest son, the teenager. Um, He asked me the question what is it you do when there's disturbance? What what happens to your voice? Um, And my tendency to try and solve things on my own, to process things internally, to smooth, to settle everybody, to um, not say something and skillfully settle everybody down when actually there is a counter voice that might be needed i might need to speak in those moments of disturbance something i know tanya has said in the past it isn't about giving up the the ability to be peaceful and calm and work internally but it's also about being able to say what i think in those moments of disturbance and maybe as well part of the edge is to ask more from others demand more from others So this is a new edge um, emerging as I explore my voice further. That's quite linked to the work with clients as well, I think. Um, Just to notice, what is my voice in moments of disturbance with clients? What is my voice in moments of disturbance in the family? What role, what, what natural positions do I take? And what other positions would be helpful? in this recent um, period with Tanya, I did go there eventually after seeing Rowan, you know, I did go there and say to Tanya that I could not, I found I could not cope with it, it was too difficult, and that we, her and I had to do something to build the skills, to build more muscles. Maybe in the past I would have just quietly tried to get better at that, rather than ask her and I to do something. So there's maybe a first example. I have a sense I do that more with my clients. Um, you know, I make the demand that we do the work together. We do real work. We're adults. We don't. I'm not here to rescue. So it's interesting how it's much more tricky in family circumstances. So maybe, maybe it's with those closest to me. The, the question for the edge is: Where is my voice in moments of disturbance with family and close friends? And it's an exploration. So let's see. You can hear the birds tweeting, rivers moving a bit more, the wind's got up, a bit of activity behind me, I can hear some cars now, people coming in and out as the day unfolds, Mm. just enjoy my body and breath, relaxing as I breathe in, shoulders back, legs relaxed, stretch my back out thinking about the swim and have a nice half hour in the river probably before heading home so I think that's enough for now around my voice just one um, or two final things to say really firstly um, my the last year of walking Uh, having rowan gray from mid to move walk with me again having walked with me during my the the build towards my endurance swim of windermere lake windermere i worked with him a second year we've just finished and it's been a huge pleasure to have somebody of his um, character and skill to work with and um, to help me to get into the depth i wanted to get into so um His voice has been so uh, pivotal around helping me with my voice. And talking of other voices that have been pivotal, I want to end by saying uh, my next podcast host is coming, the seventh, I think, co-host is coming. And that is Tom Borden from Siemens Gamesa Renewable Energy. Tom and I go way back. Um, We met some time ago. We've developed our relationship um, over the last sort of 10, 12 years. And he does the work I do internally in his organization. And he cares passionately for all things collaboration and connection and relationships and culture. And um, the next time you hear my voice, um, I will be doing three rounds with Tom, which I'm thrilled about. So um, until then. I'm going to go and enjoy my river. Um, Have a great day, everybody. Speak soon.